You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. As we are getting ever closer to Christmas Day, there's like this growing anticipation, this growing excitement, especially if you have young children in the home. I know when our kids were younger, it's like the closer we got to the day, it was just like you couldn't contain the energy. Now that they're 15 and 17, it's like it's hard to get them out of bed to enjoy the energy. Um, It's interesting what happens in those years of transition. But there is this growing excitement. But I think the most exciting thing for me is I think about Christmas is that Christmas is not just a season of joy, but it's the means through which we can have joy in every season. Not just a season of joy, but it's the means, the coming of of the Christ child, the means through which we can have joy throughout the year, that we can live a life full of joy. There's a story of a young boy who was really self-focused and self-centered. It it was all about him. And and it, it actually revealed itself in his Christmas list, in his Dear Santa letter. He was writing a letter to Santa. Here's all the things, the gadgets, the toys, all the stuff I want. He filled out his list and gave it 12 pages, 12 pages of what he wanted. He took it to his mom and dad, and his mom and dad were so frustrated. It's like, how can you, why do you always make it all about you? And so the dad took the little boy in and firmly set him on the floor in front of the nativity scene. He says, son, I want you to sit here, and I want you to look at this nativity scene, what Christmas is all about. Then I want you to go up to your room, and I want you to write a letter to Jesus. The boy sat there intently looking at the nativity set. Gets up, up to his room, he gets his pad and his pencil, and he begins to write his letter. Dear Jesus, if you'll bring me all the toys on my list, I'll be good for a year. <laughs> he thought about that for a minute and thought, well, that, that's not possible. Be good for a year. So, wadded up, threw it away. He got another piece of paper. Dear Jesus, if you'll bring me all the gifts on my list, I'll be good for a whole week. <laughs> he thought about that for a minute and thought, well, that's... That's not possible either. I mean, like, we, that's a long time. Wadded that up, threw it away. He went back downstairs. He's looking at the nativity scene, all of these different pieces. And he reaches down and gently picks up Mary, the figurine of Mary. And he heads back up to his room. He gets a shoebox. He puts this figurine of Mary, the mother of Jesus, in a shoebox. He puts the shoebox in the back of his closet, covers it up. And he goes back and he gets his pencil again. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. (laughs) Well, Christmas is obviously a season that we get to give gifts. And there's joy in that. Giving and receiving gifts. And apparently Christmas is a season of celebrations and parties. Certainly that's fun as well. And I don't want to take away from any of that. But it's not about the giving and receiving of gifts. It's really not about the parties. The joy of the season is this. It's the reality of God came in the flesh to dwell among us. To bring His joy for our lives. But oftentimes what I discover is we don't live with the joy. The joy that Jesus came to give, it's not like all the time fleshed out in our lives. So as I was thinking about this sermon this morning, I thought, you know, I could spend all of my time trying to tell you what joy is like, trying to define joy, or I could just show you what joy looks like. I think you've probably heard uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. Have you ever heard that? It's so true. 
So what I want to show you a little video clip, and I just this is what joy looks like. So what, this is how joy should be impacting our lives. So let me tell you a little bit about the video. The video is a is a video of a children's choir in a church on Sunday morning, and they're singing a song about joy, the joy of Jesus. However, most of the children, 99% of the children in the choir, they didn't get it. They're singing about joy, but they don't have joy. But there's one little girl who gets it. She is like so full of joy, she can't contain herself. So I want you to watch a portion of this little video clip. Notice the girl on the right. hilarious folks that's what joy looks like that's like what happens when the joy of jesus gets all over you it's so evident what a lesson we can learn from that little girl that people would be able to see the reality of jesus in and through our lives see christmas is a season of joy that's opened the way for us to live a joy-filled life his joy should not be just the emotion of the moment, but it should really define how we process life. Matter of fact, Paul wrote this in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. He says, be joyful always. In other words, like all the time, right? Be joyful, full of joy, always. Then, then in Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul wrote these words, rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice and the Lord. So we're, we're challenged and charged to rejoice, to be full of joy, but I think if we're honest this morning, oftentimes joy leaks in our lives. We get a joy drain. Um, it could be a lot of different things. It could be maybe the pressure of the day, maybe it's uh, the demands of life, maybe it's uh, health issues, maybe it's medical bills. And a lot of things can challenge our joy, yet 
The great news of the Christmas season is that in every situation, in every season, what we can live in, we can live with great joy in our lives. And it's this joy that the angels spoke of as they brought the announcement of, of the birth of Jesus. It's recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, if you would look there with me, I want us to read just a couple verses out of Luke's account of the birth of our Savior. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse, let's start with verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news, notice, of great joy, That'll be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is Christ the Lord. It will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. So here's the shepherds. Any... I mean, they're just out doing what shepherds do, kind of like a normal night, when all of a sudden, as I read the Scripture, it's like there's an explosion in the heavenlies, and like the shepherds are scared right out of their sandals, right? Because the angels, it begins with, don't be afraid. In other words, don't, don't panic. Hey, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. So why was the angelic announcement? An announcement of good news of great joy. Let, let me give you four statements really quick. The first, the first is this. The angel's announcement was one that brought great joy because anticipation became reality. What the Jewish people had been anticipating, looking forward to, happened in Bethlehem. He's some... Several thousand years before, you have to actually go all the way back to Genesis 3. Genesis 3.15, we find the first prophetic statement where God says, I'm going to bring redemption for mankind. There's the fall with Adam and Eve. We have this sin problem, and God says, Genesis 3.15, I'm going to bring redemption. I'm going to bring a solution to humanity's crisis. So there was this anticipation. There was this waiting Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Isaiah speaks of the coming of the Messiah, the Prince of Peace that would be born. Again, anticipation. They were looking for. So when the Messiah was born, as the angels brought the announcement, there was great joy because what they had been anticipating became reality. It's kind of like if you have a young couple, a married couple, and they conceive, and there's like life growing in the womb. For nine months, there's life growing in the womb. And every day they get closer to delivery. Why? There's a growing anticipation, right? Are you with me? Come on. Are you with Yeah, you understand what I'm talking about, right? If you, if you are a mom, then you understand what I've just talked about. What? There's a growing anticipation. And then when the labor pains start, you head to the hospital. And when the child comes forth, what? There's great joy. What? Anticipation has become reality. That's what was happening here. That's when the angels would say, hey, this is good news of great joy. I think, secondly, the angel's announcement was one that brought great joy because God's love was being manifested. I'll talk more about this next Sunday. But the simple definition of Christmas is this. God's love was revealed. 
John summarizes it well in John 3.16. He says, for God so loved the world, He gave. God so loved you that He said, that's why the angels would say, hey, here's some great news, good news of great joy. Man, you're going to get to experience the reality of God's love. Not only that, I think the angels' announcement brought great joy because humanity's greatest crisis was going to be resolved through Jesus. And we had a problem that we couldn't solve on our own. It's called a sin problem. We had a problem in that we were separated from God. We couldn't save ourselves. That was the problem. And Jesus came to do what? To bring salvation for mankind. To, to resolve our greatest issue. That we today might live in relationship with a God who loves us outrageously. That's why the angel would say, hey, here's some great news or some good news of, of great joy. Humanity's greatest crisis, greatest need is going to be resolved through the Messiah. I think the angel's announcement is also one of great joy because for us today it means this, death is not the end. Death is not the end. This has been an interesting week as I finish out today. In uh, four days, five days, I will have either attended or presided over five funerals. In five days. Now the good news in all of the situations is each individual was a believer in Jesus Christ. So there's grief, yet there's hope. Why is there hope? Because of Jesus Christ, death is not the end. Isn't that good news? In Philippians 1.21, the Apostle Paul would say it like this, to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, he said, hey, if we live, if we kind of like stay on the earth, we get to continue to enjoy God's grace and His love and His goodness and His mercy. Hey, he says, hey, that's good. But he says to die is even better. Think about that. What a wild statement. Because of the reality of Christ's coming, the angels would say, hey, this is good news of great joy because you're going to be in a win-win situation. Think about that. Through Jesus Christ, we absolutely cannot lose. Turn to your neighbor, give them a high five and say, hey, through Jesus, you're in a win-win situation. Go ahead and tell them. <laughs> it's true. Through Jesus, what? We are in a win-win situation. So Jesus came to bring joy for us. That we would have joy, not just in the Christmas season, but that we would have joy in every season. But oftentimes, as I mentioned earlier, joy is challenged. So as I wrap this up this morning, how can we discover greater joy? How can we, in a greater way, discover the joy that Jesus came to bring? Three things. Three points of application. I think first is this. We need to live with the right focus. Live with the right focus. So what's the right focus? We want to live with our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's the right focus. Hebrews 12, 2. The author of Hebrews says this. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. In other words, be laser focused on Jesus. And when you're laser focused on Jesus, when you fix your focus on Jesus, what are you going to discover? You're going to discover greater joy. Let me, let me tell you how this works out in my life. This is what I've discovered just kind of 
trial and error, walking this thing out. This is what I've discovered. When I worship more and worry less, I discover greater joy. Isn't that interesting? What I've discovered is when I give Jesus thanks for what I have, rather than complaining about what I don't have, I discover greater joy. What I've discovered in my own journey is when I focus on the provider, Jesus Christ, rather than focusing on the problem, what do I discover? Greater joy. So how, how, do you, how do you grow in joy? How do you discover greater joy? I think first you've got you to have the right focus. Secondly, you need to live every day in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. But live in the fullness of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, the Scripture is talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Paul's writing about the fruit of the Spirit. And it reads like this. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And it goes on to mention like nine fruits of the Spirit. But the second fruit of the Spirit is what? It's joy. So if we want more joy, what we need to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So you're saying, okay, how do I live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit? It's really simple. As you start your day, just invite the Holy Spirit to overflow you in your day, and you'll be amazed. To live in the fullness of the Spirit, which brings about joy in our lives. And here's, here's the third way I think we can discover greater joy, the joy of Jesus. The very joy that the angels was talking about is this. We need to live with anticipation. Just as the angels were, I mean, just as the Jews were anticipating the coming of the Messiah, so we need to live every day in anticipation. Or I might say it like this we need to live every day in faith. Because that faith is really what? It's, it's anticipating what you've not yet experienced. I'm going to live with anticipation. You know, Romans 8.28 says this, In all things God is working for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. In all things, what? God is working for your good. And because He's working for your good, according to the promise of His Word, what well, we should live in anticipation. Let me tell you what's going to happen. As you're living in anticipation for the goodness of God to show up in your life, you're going to experience. And as you experience, what are you going to discover? You're going to discover greater joy in your life. Interesting how that works. But we want to we live with, with anticipation. So Christmas is certainly the season of joy. Jesus is joy. Jesus gives us joy. And Jesus then empowers us that we might live a joy-filled life. Isn't that good news? I thought a great way for us to wrap this up today would simply be to set our focus on the One who came to rescue us, to give us life. To set our focus and to declare the greatness of the One who came and gave His life that we might have life. And in that, what happens? We discover, we discover greater joy. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.